Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. Hey everybody! Hello and welcome to Ozarks Hanks and Hooch! Yay! Hi! Hi, I'm Dawn. That was Dina. Um, yep. Hope you guys are doing good. We're uh, here. We are ready for yet another installment of Ozarks Haints and Hooch. So um, let me just jump right in with all the things that we have to say before we actually get into the story, which is uh, Dina's doing the story tonight. So, um, yes, and I'm going to do the drink and the other things. So here are the other things. <laughs> we have um, lots of social media and people have been commenting and we really love that. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram um, with Ozarks, Haints and Hooch. If you just search that, um, we have cats and dogs and mowing and different Wi-Fi's and all of that stuff. So we do the best we can. Um, actually, there was a massive machine running outside my window. I don't know what it was or where it was, but it's finally stopped now. So that's a good thing. I'm um, here by myself, but everybody's supposed to get here like at seven o'clock. So I expect that at a seven o'clock, everybody is just going to burst in <laughs> and start talking so, to you. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> um, wherever you listen to us and you can listen to us everywhere. I, I, it's now so many places. I don't even know anymore. If you, all the, uh, all the places is what I yeah. would say. You can listen Spotify, to us at all Apple the Music, places. Google, Facebook, I, all of it. Um, all of but them. if you can on whatever platform you're listening to us on, please give it subscribe, first of all. And that way you won't miss any of our fabulous episodes and give us stars or yippies or whatever they have you give us. Because when you do that, it moves us up and more people can find us that way. Tell your friends. Um, mm -hmm. We release on the 1st and the 15th of each month. Uh, we also have a website, Ozarks paintsinhooch.weebly.com and we have a patreon and we actually have a new patron yay hey. so, melissa i'm gonna screw up your last name and i'm so sorry yeah. but melissa is a haint brook brook brunch i want to say brook brunch brunch i don't know melissa thank you for sorry. being our our hate. We really appreciate that. Um, the rest of y'all out there, if you haven't become a hoochie or a haint or a ghosty or uh, there's lots of different tiers and you get lots of different groovy stuff depending upon um, what uh, uh, membership level you subscribe to. Or you, you can give us um, some love every month or you can give us one big chunk of love. Um, but it does actually cost to do this podcast and to put your podcast out in a place that it's kind of like renting space or whatever. So we would really, really appreciate um, your support. We need it. Mm -hmm. Thanks. We do. Is that it? Did I do it all? Except for know. the drink? 
the drink. I think yeah, so. Just that. I think that's it. Okay. So then, okay, Dina has already said she's not a fan of this. I kind of like it. So okay, I will just say when I first took a drink of it, I hadn't stirred it yet, so it was like, oh, vodka. Oh well, no wonder I taste it. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> yeah. So this drink, which Dana will, uh, uh, when she shares with you what she's talking about, you'll see the relationship. But it's called Crime and Punishment. So you take. They did this all in milliliters, so I'm going to convert it to ounces because come I on. had to. I had to get on Google because I, I did too. Do that I, I did Google too. Convert it. So you take one and a half ounces of vodka, um, half an ounce of coffee liqueur, half an ounce of cream de mint or peppermint schnapps, and light cream. And then you build ingredients into an ice-filled rocks glass and top with a light cream. And I like it. It's like dessert. Yeah, see, I just yeah, had, it's okay. Oh, I just Go had ahead. roast. I, I had like real food tonight. I had like Brussels sprouts and mashed potatoes and chicken, you know, so it was like real mm-hmm. sticky ribs food. And so this is like mint pie dessert or mint coffee, <laughs> <laughs> something. Anyway, well, I, I like will say I was not be able to keto this. Like there's the only thing that is good keto wise in this drink is the, I put used heavy cream because I don't even know what is light cream. What is that? Is that half and half? half? And half? Yeah, okay. I had a heavy cream too, so I mixed it with a little milk. So I just used heavy that. cream because I can have that and the vodka. Those are the only two things that were really keto. I'm pretty sure I shouldn't have the Kahlua or the peppermint sugar, cream to mint. I'll I, tell you, I couldn't find are, the cream to mint anywhere. Anywhere couldn't find really. It. Yeah, no. no. Well, when you said, and we talked earlier and you go, well, I'm using peppermint schnapps. I was like, Hey, do I have any peppermint schnapps? And I did. So anyway, that's what I I didn't use cream to mint either because some cream to mint is green. And I thought, Mm -hmm. Ooh, that would be weird. That would be a weird funny color. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, okay. I like it. That's it. I'll be drinking as Dina talks about what she's going to talk about. about. Yeah. And sorry, sorry, keto dieters. I couldn't fix this one for us. You just have to, I don't know. Don't eat bread. Don't eat any, don't eat any carbs. If you want to drink this drink. Yeah. No carbs. But this episode is going to be a little bit different for me. Um, It's more of a mystery and it's recent ish. If you call 1992 recent, which I do because that's the year I graduated from high school. So it is still Shut 10 up. years ago in my world. So okay. just saying, it's really a lot more. I don't want to do the math. This story is about the Springfield Three. It's the disappearance of Susie Streeter, who was 19, her mother, Cheryl Levitt, who was 47, and Stacy McCall, who was 18. On the night of June 7th, 1992, the three women just dis- disappeared, they just without a trace. I mean, I, I know that's really something that's said all the time or, you know, in, in movies and stories, but seriously, just without a trace. The day before, the two teens had celebrated graduating from Kickapoo High School. Um, they had decided to skip the project gradu- graduation that the school had planned. They had dinner with their families and then had plans to go to several area parties. They had plans with their mutual friend, uh, Janelle Kirby. 
uh, sorry, I just lost my place, uh, to head to Branson and spend the night at a hotel and then get up the next morning to spend their first day of summer break at Whitewater. Around 10 p.m., Cheryl, who is Susie's mother, received a phone call from Susie letting her know that they had decided not to drive to Branson that night. Instead, they were going to continue at this party and spend the night at Janelle's house. And they, then they would get up and drive to Whitewater the next morning. As the party started to wind down, the girls decided to call it a night. And they then realized that Janelle's house was full of out of town relatives and they didn't want to sleep on the floor. So their plans changed again and they decided to spend the night at Susie's house. The two girls told Janelle they would call her in the morning about Whitewater and took off in both of their cars. By 9 a.m. the next morning, Janelle had yet to hear from them, so she called them several times with no answer. So in 1992, there's not Life 360 or Find My Phone. You couldn't right. text or find their location or Snapchat. You, you really, I think we really um, forget what it was like to be a teenager in the 90s. I mean, I forget what it was like. I'm so glad. Right. In my case, I'm so glad that, that we didn't have all that stuff. I probably would have been in huge trouble. So anyway. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, uh, so in 1992, if you couldn't find somebody, you got in your car and you drove where you thought they were or you went to their house or you called their landline phone. So what they did was they got in their car and they drove over and um, she took her boyfriend, Mike. When they arrive at the house, um, they find all three cars in the driveway. The only thing that was out of the ordinary was the globe covering the porch light was broken and there was glass on the doorstep. Believing them to be asleep, Mike was trying to be nice and he swept up the glass. They entered the house and began to call for the girls. Once again, they got no answers. At first, everything seemed pretty normal. They looked into the rooms and the beds looked like they had been slept in. Janelle stated that she could tell that they had gotten ready for bed. There were washcloths with makeup on them on the bathroom sink and they had laid their jewelry out by the sink. As the morning wears on, Janelle does start to worry that something's wrong. For one thing, the family dog was left unattended, which was unusual because they kind of, uh, you know, fretted on him. And it was, he, that dog was obviously agitated. Um, the cigarettes and lighters of both Susie and Cheryl had been left behind. And that's not something they would leave, um, especially, they say, especially Cheryl, whose family says that she was a chain smoker. Uh, assuming that the girls had left for the water park, uh, Mike and Janelle decide that they're just going to go ahead and leave. Once again, you have to keep in mind, um, there's no cell phones. So I, that's a whole different mindset. Like that sounds so harsh. Well, we can't find you. We're just going to go. Well, in 1992, there was no other choice. That's right. You, well, they plus, had done everything they could. Plus, I don't think also people, we didn't have this immediate information at our fingertips because there were no cell phones and all that mm -hmm. internet was yeah. brand new and so I think people sort of trusted that nothing bad was going to happen really yeah. more yeah. so than we do now yeah. yeah you know yeah yeah and so like I said you know you can't just get a hold of someone you can't find their location you can't you can't do that um but as they begin to leave the phone rings and Janelle answers it hoping it's the girls it is not. It's a male voice, um, and it, 
they made sexual innuendos towards her. She hangs up the phone and immediately rings again. Same thing happens. She hangs up and they, they leave the house. That's kind of the end of it for them. Um, meanwhile, Janice McCall, which is uh, Stacy McCall's mom, uh, calls Janelle's house the next morning looking for Stacy. Janelle's mother tell her that the, tells her that the girl's um, plans had changed and that they had spent the night at Susie. Janice is obviously upset with the news, but she can't do anything about it because she doesn't have the new number of the new home, which I forgot to mention that Susie and Cheryl um, had just recently moved into the home. So even Janelle wasn't really sure how to get there that next morning because it was such a new thing. So um, Stacy's mom doesn't have the the phone number for it. so believing she will just see her daughter later that day, she goes to a bridal shop with her other daughter to pick out that daughter's wedding dress. After 15 hours of no contact with uh, Stacy, she tracks down the new number for the um, streeters or for Susie Streeter. But of course, there's no answer. So what does she do? She drives over because that's all you can do. She calls through the door. She gets no answer. So she decides to go in she immediately notices some strange things. First, uh, her daughter's clothes from the night before have been neatly folded by the bed, but her t-shirt and underwear are missing. The TV is set to a fuzzy channel and all three women's purses are sitting in the living room next to each other. Then she decides she's gonna call the police to report Stacy meeting or missing. Um, Due to the late hour, the officer asks her to come to the station the next morning. After the officer um, unsettles her by asking if she can get dental records, she immediately has pictures taken of graduation developed because remember that was just the night before these two girls, you know, 18 and 19 year old girls had just graduated from high school. Um, So she gets those pictures developed and she begins to make missing person flyers. And I'm just going to interject myself right there. That's what I remember is these yellow missing flyers everywhere. Right. um, With black lettering and their pictures on them. But anyway, um, the posters are distributed statewide and soon they are distributed across the country. This is when they get the name, the Springfield Three. Unfortunately, the police believe that important clues could have been destroyed by those entering the house and moving objects, especially the glass being swept from the stoop, though they believe it was done unintentionally. During Janice's initial search, she played the answering machine because she was looking frantically for any type of information and she accidentally erased it. There was a strange, I know, there was a strange message left by a man, but in her you know, just worry. She can't remember what he said. So calls and tips at this time start to flood the police department. One of the tips comes from the neighbors of the McCalls that they report a stolen vehicle on the same night. It belonged to a classmate of the two girls. The police put a call out to look for a burgundy 1998 Toyota Supra. When the car turns up two days later, later, they aren't able to connect it to the missing women. And this is like, becomes the storyline is they get a tip. It sounds really good. And it, you know, when they actually look into it, they're, they've just literally disappeared. 
Um, mm-hmm. The other one is a waitress from Cheryl and Susie's favorite restaurant. It's Jorge's, by the way, which if you ever partied in the 90s in Springfield, Missouri. That's where you went and ate breakfast. That was the place? Morning. Yeah, I don't know. Jorge's. It's George's, but we all, I mean, I don't know if it's really called Jorge's or if it's really called George's, but we always called it Jorge's. Where was it? Uh, on Glenstone, I'm pretty sure. Huh. Anyway, okay. the waitress from there says, she, I think it's still there, says she believes she saw the three women eating there between 1 and 3 a.m. It could not be corroborated. The police department is swallowed up by the enormity of the case. Um, one time, the older brother of Susie, Bart Streeter, is um, questioned. As they question him, a disturbing brat background with alcohol abuse is discovered along with a physical altercation between Bart and Susie just three months before. Initially, he becomes a suspect. When asked about his whereabouts from that evening, he states that he was drunk and he passed out on his couch. A neighbor and a girlfriend corroborate and the police say that he was very cooperative and actually passed a polygraph clearing himself of suspicion. I actually watched, um, it's called maybe called Disappeared, on it's on the discovery go channel it's one of the channels on there like the id channel or something like that and they had a whole um episode about this and he was interviewed on it mm. um okay so it, it was it was pretty good if you want to watch it it's i i have it on the extra stage Okay, good. Yeah, they next turn their attention to a past boyfriend of Susie Streeter. His name is Dustin Reckla. They had recently broken up because he had been arrested for vandalizing a local cemetery. Dustin and his accomplices, including a man named Mike Clay, later attempted to sell gold fillings that they'd stolen from corpses. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Upon visiting Mike's house, police see what appears to be a small altar with an image of a pentagram, candles, and an animal skull. When they come back the next day, though, these items are gone. At the time, Susie had provided the police with information on the case that helped them charge Dustin and Mike with the vandalism. Police, of course, then wondered if there could be a connection between this and her disappearance. So they called the two men in for additional questioning. When they were interviewing Mike, he remarked that he hoped those bitches were dead. Raising a little bit of a suspicion, right? Later, he says that he said that because he disliked the person interviewing him. And both he and Dustin denied having anything to do with the women going missing. Uh, Dustin and Mike both have had some kind of alibis for the evening the girls disappeared. Both have since cooperated, but they still aren't ruled out as people of interest. Um, so the police get another tip. A woman living in a neighborhood about a mile away from Susie and Cheryl told investigators that at 6.30 a.m. on June 7th, she saw a van being driven by Susie Streeter, who appeared to have been crying heavily, and she heard a man's voice from the back telling her not to do anything stupid. The woman says she only recognized Susie as the driver after seeing her photo on a missing persons poster. The witness gave police a detailed description of the van and the police bought an identical one, which they publicly displayed and asked for any tips. Like they bought a van and like painted it the color that the woman said it was. Like, Okay. I remember, I mean, I remember that, I thought I remembered there was a van involved Mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah. 
Um, it was a it was described as a 1960 to 64 green Dodge panel van. Despite receiving many calls and extensive searches, this didn't help. The Dodge van didn't help. Hmm. So the police were next pointed towards a man named Robert Cox. A Florida family sees the case on TV and connects it to the man who abducted and murdered their family member, Sharon Zellers, 10 years earlier. He was placed on death row, but the ruling was overturned by the Florida Supreme Court and Robert served only 18 months in prison before being released to California, where he was already serving a sentence for abducting and assaulting two different women. I'm okay. shaking my head there, right? Let's yeah. let him out. That's a good idea. I so know. he was paroled. He was paroled in 1992 because that's just three women that he somebody thought maybe they did something. He did something too, and he returned to his hometown. And guess where his hometown was? Springfield, Springfield Missouri. Yep. Uh. So Sharon's family made the connection between Robert's present in Springfield at the time of the disappearance and informed police. Robert was employed as a utilities worker when the women went missing, a job which could have allowed him to easily access their home. Robert had also been previous, previously had been on the staff at the used car lot where Stacy McCall's father worked. Stacy often visited her father, so it's possible that Robert saw her at some point and planned to abduct her. Robert had an alibi for the time when the women went missing, which was initially corroborated by his girlfriend, although she later retracted that statement. She had told him that he was at church with her. So Springfield police questioned Robert Cox three times in his prison cell in Texas, where he now serves a life sentence for armed robbery. Not for attacking women, because that's okay. But armed robbery, that's a bigger deal. In one interview with a TV station, Robert said he knew the women were dead and the perpetrator had experience and knew what they were doing. Police admitted that they weren't sure if he had any actual involvement or were merely trying to toy with them. Um, Kathy Bard is a journalist who was new to Springfield at the time, and she received multiple statements from people claiming that the bodies of the women had been buried underneath a parking structure at Cox South Hospital. She hired a mechanical engineer who used ground penetrating radar, and they did find three uh, animal. What's the word I want? Anomalies. Man, sometimes okay. words are really hard to pronounce because they don't look like they sound. No, anomalies. and okay, I'm just to go off on a tangent because we were just talking about this the other night. So there have been some studies done that say the pandemic brain is real. That if uh-huh. you can't remember stuff like words, <laughs> that that's yeah. no kidding. That's like a thing. Cause okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry yes. to digress, but it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he believed they were consistent with gravesite location. But the police are skeptical of his assessment and they don't do anything about it because mm-hmm. they think that the cost of digging up the structure is too much and they still haven't done anything about it. So the Streeter family has a blog and they have their own persons of interest on the blog. And these are some of the ones um, that were not named that I didn't already talk about. One of them is Stephen Eugene Garrison. And he told police a friend had confessed to killing the three women during a drunken party. 
He told police information unknown to the public that led investigators to serve three warrants at two sites in Western Webster County that they would find the women's bodies and clues about their abduction and deaths. He also said a moss green van believed that believed was used to take the women would be found about 12 miles away south of Fordland. The property searched was the same site where in 1990 uh, searched they searched for two of three missing Springfieldians. It's a hard word too. Property owner Francis Lee Robb Sr. pleaded guilty to two counts of second degree murder in a case Authorities said at the time they believed involved a drug deal gone wrong. Garrison was believed enough that a gag order concerning the three search warrants was issued by a judge. Certain aspects of the information we received fit with other private aspects of the case. Um, And that was from Springfield Police Captain Todd Whitson. He also said the gag order was rare, but he could not say why it was issued, other than to say there is such an order and it governs the operation and everything related to the operation out here. Added Webster County Sheriff uh, C.E. Wells, we can't tell you anything about it until the order's lifted. So Garrison is serving 40 years in prison for raping, sodomizing, and terrorizing a female Springfield college student in the summer of 1993. After tracking him and several associates almost exclusively for more than a year, police have since backed off of Garrison, but not all the way off. They last approached him in the summer, and this was not current. This was a little bit ago that I got off their blog. Uh, Mm -hmm. Six months ago, investigators looked to Colorado for information on Garrison, who is in a Missouri prison. They've never let up on me, is what Garrison says. So So the the gag, oh, sorry, can we go back to the gag order? So, like, I thought they did that when they think that if anything gets out, it'll screw up um information leading to an arrest yeah so maybe they thought that he they don't think he did it but he knows who did it is what i got from that and that they put a gag order on it so that that person wouldn't get suspicious Hmm. but obviously i mean what when did i say that was it was a long time ago and nothing's you know nothing's happened okay um so here's the next one this is uh, gerald carnahan and this was from an article by Sarah Forheads. Forheads? 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 Forheads. She's a Forheads. She's a KY3 News. Okay. Um, after initially being evenly split for and against a murder conviction, a St. Louis County jury convicted Gerald Carnahan of first degree murder and forcible rape on Thursday afternoon for the death of Jackie Johns, which is also a name that is familiar to anyone who lives here or who was here 25 years ago or um so bearing a successful appeal the 52 year old man likely will spend the rest of his life in prison the murder conviction carries a mandatory sentence of the rest of his life um after a separate sentence hearing the jury then recommended a life which is 30 years sentence on the rape conviction the crime carries a range of five years to life in prison um they, the jury recommended that the sentences be served consecutively. 
Investigators long believed that Carnahan raped and beat Johns um, of Nixa in June of 1985 and dumped her body in Lake Springfield. They looked at him as a suspect within a week of the murder, but didn't have sufficient evidence to charge him until three years ago. He was charged in 2007 after uh, they found DNA. They found DNA evidence and semen found on John's body matched Carnahan's DNA of his saliva. So I think he was a, a person of interest, interest because he was known to have murdered a woman and he was around at the same time. Yeah, you know, He was living in Springfield when those three went away or went di- disappeared too. Oh, and so this is my last one. Yeah. Um. And this is totally rumor. Um, and there are a lot of rumors. Like uh, there are, there's one I really want to talk about, but I could uh, I could get sued and I can't talk about it because oh, right. of names yeah. and stuff. So yeah. I can't, I'm not going to do that one, but Dawn, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this was a big rumor. I don't, I'm sure anyone who's been on any type of social media in the last Uh, year. In September of 2021, two men were arrested in Lebanon, Missouri for the abduction of Cassidy Rainwater. It was found that the two men, James Phelps and Timothy Norton, had killed Rainwater by gutting and dismembering her. Police found her remains in Phelps' freezer labeled 724, and hers were not the only remains found. There were also was rumor of the green van being found on Phelps' property, I can't find any more information on that. I did try to get on Reddit and they said, Reddit just pretty much said it was a bunch of bull. But anyway, it's also to note, Phelps' home burned to the ground six months ago. Really? So, yeah. So it's somebody set that property on fire. That's a whole nother thing that we could get into because it was some um, Hannibal Lecter chainsaw massacre stuff i mean it was weird it was weird anyway that's what the conspiracy belief was you mean um no that's this cat city rainwater case there was some oh it's a whole different case but they thought somebody had said that that green van had been found on that property and since they had lived here at that time in the 90s and there was more than Cassie's remains found on the property Mm -hmm. um, that they could possibly have something to do with it but there was nothing's come from that actually nothing you haven't you just quit hearing about that altogether like it's weird it's weird I just feel like something's being kept out of the public eye whether it has anything to do with the Springfield three or not, it's just a strange case. Hmm. But anyway, there's a $42,000 reward for any information that leads to the reconciliation of the Miss Springfield missing three. So that's it. That's my story. Wow. You yeah, know, it's crazy, right? It is crazy. And just so sad that it's been so long. And yeah, I know there are other cases like that. And you know, sometimes they do find them. I was the California, uh, the Golden State Killer. You know, it took mm-hmm. them took forever to find that guy. Yeah, but yeah. wow, it just those. Just, I'm so I think sorry. It for bothers their me. 
Yeah, it bothers me so badly because especially Stacy McCall, she was 18. I was 18 in 1992. Yeah. Well, I had just graduated. So I think it was scary for all girls in high school that summer. It was scary because they just disappeared and they were. And it could age. have been you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God. Because, I mean, it wasn't, it was Springfield. It's not like it was Chicago or Kansas City or St. Louis. It was Springfield. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in 1992, Springfield wasn't, Springfield's pretty big now. It wasn't in 1992. It was way bigger than Forsyth or Branson or Ozark, but um, it wasn't what it is now. And now now, if if people, I was going to say, now if people disappeared from Springfield, you'd be like, yep. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's supposed to be really violent now from what I've read. Yeah, it didn't used to be like that. No, it didn't. I mean, it was a big city compared to where, you know, yeah, Tiny County, we but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Or even Branson. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, there you go. And, you know, if I will, if you guys have any other stories that you have heard without getting yourself sued, use fake names. Um, say allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I have a really good one that uh, Teresa told me I'll throw her in there if I'm going under the bus she's coming with me Um, (laughs) okay she she told me a really good one which like I said I can't say because that person would sue me if I said it anywhere besides when I get off this recording (laughs) ha 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 people um (laughs) um gosh Interesting. That was interesting. I mean, so in 1993, I was living in Tennessee, but I knew about that. I mean, oh, yeah, it, it was national news, right? Yeah, it went nationwide after they couldn't because it seriously, they just disappeared. They mm-hmm. just disappeared. Every, they were seen the night before and then they were never seen again. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I'm I guess so in I guess this year, what is that? 92. So it's 22 minus 92, 30 years. Yeah. So it'll be 30 years this summer. Yeah. Yeah. They're poor families, whoever's left mm-hmm. of their families. That's so sad. Well, I know the um the streeters have that blog, and I think Bart is part of that. I mean, and he was in that. I I don't believe that he is. I'm just listening to his story. I mean, he was very open and honest about what a jerk he was um, and, you know, that he regrets not being able to reconcile with them before they were gone. Yeah. Did I read somewhere about that one of the stories was that they were trafficked? Or am I making that I'm sure that's one of them. it wouldn't surprise me. That is not one of the stories that I came across at any okay. time. That might be a new, because, you know, you didn't talk, think, talk about, nobody talked about trafficking until recently. I'm not saying that it wasn't happening, but nobody yeah. discussed it until right. what the last five years, maybe five, 10 years. So maybe in the last five, 10 years, that was brought up as a possibility. Yeah. And, and was there in your, search like what's the last time there's been any new news or 
anything. Do you know? They did the 25th anniversary. Um, I think KY3 that'd be five years it. ago or yeah. Yeah. Did a, did an, um, uh, you know, a story on it, a highlight on it, mm. but really my, it's still a cold case. Gosh. Huh. Sad does not have a happy ending. It doesn't. And that these are one of those stories that I really hate because I want, even if it's obviously going to be bad or they would have been found by now. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So sorry. Pace just texted me in the middle of that and it made, made me lose my conscience. <laughs> I told you what time is it? 7.15. I know. Yeah. At least he didn't burst in. He just texted me. Um, Yeah. So Dina's kids are all coming home. I'm in the middle of rehearsals. We start tech week this week. So I'm sort of out of it. Can you tell? I feel like I'm a zombie. That's where where Pace has been. That's where Pace has been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. thanks, Dina. That was sad and depressing. And now I'm going to think about it. That's all right. No, it's a good story. It was good, I, though. It's a good one. It I is. want an answer for those people so badly. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad you did it because, again, I was away. I was living in another state and I remember it happening, but I was really anxious to kind of hear the story because mm-hmm. I don't remember any details about it, you know, so. Yeah. Well, watch that disappeared. I think that's the name of it. I keep saying that. I hope that's all right. Watch that because it does. It does do a pretty good job about telling the story. And that'll be in the extras for you guys. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can watch too. Well, okay. Thanks, Dina. Um, And thanks everybody for listening. Um, Just to, you know, remind you, please subscribe, leave us stars or whatever. Um, go to our website, say hello on Facebook and Instagram. We release the first and 15th of the month, 15th of the month and um, be one of our patrons so that you get groovy yeah. presents. So let's say goodbye, Dina. Goodbye. Bye, Dina. I mean, Bye, Dina. No, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't, Keep your big mouth shut.